They had raised the pavilion again, and they led Adara and her retinue inside, and seated them on fine stools of cornel wood. The emperor occupied himself for several minutes with his captain of pike, and with a marshal of horse, and another man, who could only be the general of a legion, who had appeared as well. The emperor had brought a conquering army. He intended to take Amidia at last, and Adara had delivered the princess of Amidia into his hands. There would be no marriage to call. But the emperor had two younger sons, did he not? Surely he wished to take Amidia peacefully, through marriage. Yes, she had acted foolishly, but the emperor did not mean, he could not mean, to destroy Amidia entirely. As he walked back toward her, Adara thought hard, trying to gather her wits to parley with him as a princess should. She glanced at Sir Lenar, who, like the rest of the honor guard, sat with his hands on his knees and his eyes fixed on the floor. If only Lord Raynan were here. Now, Adara, my foolish girl, the emperor said, standing in front of her stool. Your imperial majesty? Adara said. Let us parley. What have we to parley about, girl? The emperor far too clearly wanted to drive her out of countenance, refusing to honor her rank. Adara knew that she must not let his want of courtesy distract her, but never in her life had she been talked to as anything but the princess of the sovereign nation of Amidia, and, to her surprise, she understood that the emperor's tactic worked extremely well upon her. She looked up at him and saw that his face actually held some amusement, and she did not know whether that boded better or worse than his anger. "'About my marriage,' she said resolutely. Melisande, to her right, gave a little sob. That made the shame of it even worse. To offer her maidenhead thus, openly, as if at a stall in the market, was bad enough, but to have a best friend sob on her behalf for her shame seemed intolerable. Now the emperor actually laughed. The emperor laughed at her, the princess of Amidia, at the idea that she might still cling to the hope of an imperial wedding. "'Do not fear, my erstwhile princess,' the emperor said. "'You and your ladies-in-waiting shall have fucking enough in the stables of my palace in Mac.' Adara did not even know what the word meant, but Alira's gasp and her knight's shouts of objection told her that the emperor had just insulted them beyond anything she had ever imagined. Selenar jumped to his feet. "'Your imperial majesty,' he said in a voice full of fury that seemed the greater because of the fathomless shame Adara knew he must feel. "'You have already proven yourself a traitorous coward. Do you wish to go down also as an obscene beast? How can you use such language to a highness? How can you?' "'Oh, you Orion knights are even more amusing than one hears. "'You really are like the toy knights my boys play with. "'They're always saying things when they play, like, "'How can you insult me thus, and thou art a knave, a vaunt?' "'And here, 
I have a real live toy Orion knight. Adara looked at Selenar and saw that his face had turned purple. He started forward as if to grapple with the emperor, but the emperor sidestepped neatly and tripped the knight. Selenar went down to the floor in an ungainly heap. Then the emperor turned back to Adara. Do you see the figure, my lady? Your toy knight here may stand for your little realm. I have tripped you even more neatly than I thought I could, and now you, like poor sir, you have proven yourself a traitorous coward here, will fall. I fear, though, that when it is your shapely naked backside I see as you lie on your belly, rather than this poor fellow's male-covered ass, I shall have you fucked much more literally than I have fucked him to-day. I regret to tell you that there will be no courtly wedding for you, but a courtly bedding that I can provide with a good will and a firm purpose.